0: People quit buying from you for one or two reasons. You quit selling to them or you piss them off. One thing that we do know about our customers is um, for everyone that comes in the door, 36% are repeat buyers in four months or less. Be mindful of your money. If you don't tell your money where to go, it will tell you where it's gone.
1: So on today's episode, you're going to hear from a bootstrapped entrepreneur who's managed to build a barbecue sauce brand from a seed investment of 500 to over $50 million in gross merchant value. It's a great episode you do not want to miss, so do
2: stay tuned. Retail and e-commerce have witnessed an unprecedented transformation in the last decade. freaking successful business. We focus on driving as much traffic as possible, converting that traffic, uh, and then dumping money back into driving more traffic. These insights will help you consistently 2x growth in specific areas of your direct-to-consumer brand. This is the 2x 2x e-commerce podcast hosted by Kumlay Campbell. As you
1: continue to grow your e-commerce business, access to growth capital would increasingly play a significant role in achieving and surpassing your financial and social goals. Why should you give up equity or pay high interest rates to grow your business? There is a new way to access growth capital that transforms e-commerce businesses. Wayflyer has shaken the way e-commerce operators access working capital. With a dedication to only D2C e-commerce businesses, wayflyer will fund you on a fairer fund as you grow model meaning if your sales slow down so does the amount you transfer back there's just a simple fee and the funds you need to grow are deposited to your account instantly it's worth checking out on wayflyer.com that's w-a-y-f-l-y-e-r Welcome, welcome, welcome to the 2X E-Commerce Podcast Show. I'm your host, Kune Campbell, and the 2X E-Commerce Podcast Show is dedicated to commerce insights for retail and e-commerce teams. Each week on this podcast, a commerce expert, a founder at a digital native consumer brand, a representative from a best-in-class SaaS platform comes on here. And I give them a tight remit to give you ideas you could test right away on your brand so you can improve commerce growth metrics such as your conversions, your average order value, repeat customers, your audience size, and ultimately your gross merchant value or sales. We are essentially here to help you sell more through stories and inspirational ones and that. Now, on today's episode, I'm really, really, really excited to to have with me or you, what you're about to listen to is an interview I had with an entrepreneur called Cosmo Kosavi, Kosoravi, actually. Um, Cosmo is very, very inspirational. Um, he's one of those, um, so, so he started out his, his career in um, Hazardous, um, disposal. So he was, um, he was working for, for the man, he was working for, for an organization and, you know, he was essentially, you know, um, clearing, um, you know, hazardous, hazardous materials from, um, from site to site that, that was his, his day job. And then he became a parent and having become a parent, he, he learned the fine out of barbecuing and he decided to, he actually had a talent of, um, or has a talent of putting together, um, you know, um, taste and recipes in his head and kind of like figuring out what the taste would be ahead of actually putting, you know, the ingredients for a recipe together. Anyway, so his brand Cosmo Q is a barbecue sauce, um, you know, brand. So they do barbecue sauces, dips, um, powders and injections essentially. And, um, over time, um, he he built a community. He's a very com- content-driven. You know, CosmoQ is a very content-driven brand, um, whereby um, they have over three hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube. They're, they're on every channel. You know, you can think of whether it's Instagram, TikTok, you know, Snapchat, whatever, and, and that just brings in a lot of attention to his core brand. They're doing you know, um, well over $10 million a year in revenue and the omni-channel brand. And we, we, we really embrace channel agnosticism. Like we're, we're not necessarily very, um, we're not necessarily like maximalist to like one channel, whether it's like, a, like D2C or, you know, Amazon marketplaces. We're more omni-channel. And he's been able to, to really sort of align with his three core values I, I resonated with, which is family, Finance and freedom, essentially. Um, very, very interesting interview. Um, I, I've developed a, a methodology for growth. Um, which I'll talk about in in subsequent, you know, um, interviews. But I use that methodology to to really quiz Cosmo, and I think I got a lot out of him. It's a one hour long interview. Um, it may be split into two parts. Um, I'll think about it. While I'm recording this, I'm, I've not made a decision as to whether to split it in two parts, but um, it's it's an hour long conversation from an entrepreneur who tells his story, and then we get into the nitty gritty of how he he's he's built it to to where it is today, and how he manages it day to day, and you know keeps to its core essence. He's 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 he, he, he's um, put projections of growing um revenue by 40 to 50% despite you know um inflation which doesn't really seem to be hurting him which i find very fascinating um very very down to earth you know principled um entrepreneur who you know wants to do better who's you know who wants to always you know challenge himself who's a leader and who has a terrific story You're about to hear. So, without further ado, get ready, get set, and listen to Cosmo from Cosmo Q Barbecue. Cheers. build your contact list, send emails that pop and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit Clavio.com forward slash 2x to create your free account. That is K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot forward slash 2x. Hey, Cosmos, welcome to the 2x e-commerce podcast
0: well, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you, Kunle, uh, for having me, um, all the way from yeah. Oklahoma. <laughs>
1: Absolutely, the internet is phenomenal. It's, it brings, it brings, um, you know, it brings the world together, doesn't it? I'm, I'm here in Oxford, here in Oklahoma, and you know, we're making this happen. The audience is we're, there are in over 94 countries in the world, um, which which is phenomenal. With the USA being um, the the biggest, um, you know, base for us. Let's talk about you. Um, I've been looking forward to to this interview. Yours is a phenomenal story from five hundred dollars in investment money and in, in, in seed money to, to to fifty million accumulated revenue. You guys are an over ten million dollar brand. Um, but besides the money, um, this is your passion of yours, right? Barbecue, um, you know, sauces. You know, just barbecuing is is a passion of
0: yours, right? Absolutely. Absolutely is. The mm-hmm. one thing that I've learned is for some reason, for, for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, um, there's something about when a human creates a fire, how it brings people together, no matter what, no matter what the situation is, whether it be for shelter, uh, for food, or just for fellowship in general, when, when you get to start a fire, It just seems like everything comes down all the labels come off and you just get to be yourself with your people
1: Mm. yes uh, that that is so right i haven't really thought about it that way but you know if i think about some of my deepest conversations they've been by fireplaces or by a fire pit with my best of mates Mm. you know um just sitting relaxing or you know by the barbecue you know so super 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 interesting now you founded cosmos um it's it's a multi it's an omni channel brand in the sense that um you're in retail you're through you know retail distribution you're 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 direct to consumer you're a marketplace brand before cosmos when did you found cosmos and what what did you do prior to to cosmos
0: so prior to cosmos i was in the hazardous waste industry i would drive oh. around our little state and I would pick up hazardous waste and then we would dispose of it for uh, uh, companies and corporations. And it, it, you know, it was, it was definitely a, uh, a career that helped support my family. Um, Mm -hmm. But it wasn't my calling. And I think a lot of people um, like me, a lot of the entrepreneurial type, like you just have this calling about you that you can't explain you. Like you don't know what it is. And I always, I I would always try new things continuously and people would say, well, you know, that's, that's Cosmo. He, you know, he doesn't get, he doesn't finish things. He doesn't do things, but I'm a, you know, I'm just, I was just searching for something that was in front of me the whole time. And, um, yeah, I remember driving home one day and I crossed the hill and I could hear it as uh, like, like there was a voice in my truck and it said, what do you even value? You, you asked to, you ask so many questions, but you don't even have any values. What do you value? And I'll never forget I, I, within about 10 minutes, I was at the house and I got on my computer and I created an entire list of things that, that somebody could value. And there was about 200 of them. And I said, I'm going to circle 50. And then when I got done with 50, I thought, you know, in my head, I was like, oh, I'll sleep on it. And then tomorrow night I was like, nope, out of these 50, give me 25. Out of this 25, give me 10. Out of this 10, give me five. And out of this five, you tell me the three things that you value the most. And the things I came up with was family, finances, and freedom. And I think people hear finances a lot and they go like, oh, you're money hungry. And it couldn't be further from the truth. For me, it was I needed financial stability to achieve the freedom with the family. Because that to me is a life of happiness and a life that I want to live. And I woke up the new day or the next day and I was an absolute different person. I remember talk, going to my wife and I made six figures at the time, good money. But I had Cosmos and I've been doing Cosmos at that time for a number of years, and I told her, I said, uh, I'm going to quit my job. And I'll never forget. She And I, I, was, afraid, I was afraid she's going she's to swing on me or something, you know. And she looked at me and she goes, it's about time you do. Hmm. And that's when I, the scariest moment of my life was, okay, I'm finally taking the leap and i just remember telling myself i heard this uh from a navy seal years ago he asked me he said do you do you know what happens when you die right before when you like right, right before you're dead you always hear that your life flashes before your eyes he says let me tell you what happens all your regrets flash before your eyes hmm. and i just sat there the next day i was driving uh to work and i was like if I'm laying on my deathbed, what would I say? What hmm. would what would I verbalize that came out of my mouth? And I think I would be absolutely sickened with myself if I didn't at least try. Hmm. So,
1: no, I, I really resonate with with the core values. You know, um, you know, family first. Um, I'm a family man. Finances for the freedom. You know, and and happiness. Um, but you did say something just now, which is like Cosmos was a side gig at the time. I mm. want us to go actually further back before even Cosmos was. How Cosmos was ideated. Um, what prompted you to you know, to, to to start, you know, putting sources, you know, in in bottles, you know, essentially to to come up with the name. Um what what, what were the first steps and, and what what timestamps are we looking at here in terms of when you ideated it and this turning point?
0: Um I think the ideation part came in late 2004. Uh and, and just to back up to early part of that year, it was springtime. Um, I was, uh, uh, we had a young family and I was like, okay, well, there's no more doing all the, the single things. I got to start living like a, like a family man. So what do family men do? So they barbecue and grill. So I went down to Walmart and I bought a $50 smoker and I bought uh, a chicken, um, chuck roast and some sausage. And I was like, Saturday. I'm becoming a man. I'm on a barbecue and I'm barbecue for my family and boy we're, we're going to sit down, and we're going to eat like oh man, like it is the best day in the world. And Kunle, I can't tell you how bad this food was. It was so horrible. I'll never forget. We were sitting at the table and everybody had a plate of barbecue and I was like, "How is it?" I you know, and my, they're all looking at me, you know, and they're like, oh, it, it's it's good. And I'm like, I took a bite and I was like, this is the worst food I've ever ate in my life. And I, I told my wife, I said, we can't eat this. This is unedible. It tasted like I've never ate tree bark, but I'm assuming if I was to eat tree bark, that this is what it would taste like. And I told her, I said, we we have to throw it away. Um, So we ended up throwing it away. And I'll never forget the the timestamp in my life that I realized it was my rock bottom, so to speak, as a man. When my wife was holding the dumpster open, as I was throwing the food away, there was something that was inside of me. And I said, this will never happen again and that's where it started. I said I don't care if I'm only known as the hamburger and hot dog guy. This will never happen again. And that's where I started and I started getting really serious. And this is before like th- this is before the internet, this is before YouTube. You couldn't like go someplace and find a recipe. You just had to find a cookbook somewhere and, you know, use the the hope strategy. I hope I read everything right. I hope I cooked it right. And I hope it tastes good. And and that's where I started that's where I started cutting my teeth. And I started day and night staying up all you know all night long. And as I started getting better at it, I noticed that the because the, I was buying the, the 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 sauces and the rubs at the local grocery store. And I was like, this is this is okay, but like I want you know, like I, I want I wanted to do this or that or, you know, so I started experimenting with my own rubs. And and boom, I was I was like, oh, my gosh, if I push this, you know, if I push a little paprika or if I change out the paprika for a smoked paprika and instead of using a, a table salt, I use a, a coarse kosher salt like I can really make these flavors do and act exactly how I want them to. Mm. And I quickly came to the realization that the stuff that's in the grocery store is not really for me so much as it is for s- profit mm. because it they all tasted the same. They all posted the same results. And that's when I was like, okay, well, you know, I'll start making my own.
1: So what was, what was your first flavor for, for the Robs? Um, at the moment you have quite a collection, you know, I have to say, um, you know, you you even cater to, to, you know, pillow and keto, you know, the clean eating space, you know, so Mm. it's quite, quite diverse. You know, you have the, the barbecue Rob bundles, you have, um, the classic Robs at the moment. So, so what were your first, um, Robs flavors? Who did you test? Who are your Guinea pigs? And um, where did that take you from there?
0: So my first one was my cow cover and my dirty bird. Those were the first ones I okay. made. Th- that's the name of them now. Those were the first ones yes. I made, uh, and uh, I tested those on you know family friends, and then I quickly found out that there's actually such of a thing called a barbecue competition. Mm-hmm. Who knew? Okay. And everybody, mm-hmm. you know, you 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 go, you sign up, you meet in a in a in a in a parking lot for the weekend and set up so i was like i'll go I'm, i'm down and i went to my very first competition barbecue event and i ended up winning the ribs division and i was absolutely hooked absolutely hooked and yeah from there it just started it started growing and uh getting crazy
1: that's impressive. So that feedback from the competition really, really gave you that confidence. And, and okay, this is this l- looks like there's something going on here. Uh, and, and then, um, did you start packaging it and selling it in the competitions? Um, what was your go-to-market strategy, and how did you come up with the brand? Um, You know, obviously, Cosmos is is your name and um, the brand name is actually Cosmos Q. So so how did you come up with the name and um, what did packaging and your first few customers look like?
0: So um, I never had any intention of actually starting a company. Uh, I remember um, at the time there was another company selling barbecue, uh, an injection, and I I was trying to use it, but it just didn't taste right. I couldn't like, it just, it just had this weird flavor to it. And I remember seeing him at a competition and I asked him, I said, Hey, uh, I'm using, I'm using this injection and I just can't get it to taste right. Is there any way you can help me? And he was standing in his trailer and he looked at me and he said, yeah, you can read the instructions and shut the door in my face. (laughs) And I was like, I was so pissed off that somebody would treat a customer this way. And honestly, like I I know the guy now. He's a great man, great individual. He's got a great company. Obviously, at the time, he had something going on that I was unaware of. But nevertheless, I went home and I said, okay, I'll make my own injection. And when I make my own injection, I'm going to start a company and I'm going to start selling it. And so it started out a a frustration. So I went and um, made my injections and um, this is before uh, e-commerce was a thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I built a website and you could buy off the, you could roughly buy off the website. You could turn in an order, you could, you know, and it would, it would send me an email and then I would, you know, paypal you a link to pay for it and then i would ship your stuff to you so um then i was like well this doesn't seem uh, efficient at all uh so i started uh learning my html coding through paypal and placing buttons on the actual website to where they could buy the products and that's kind of how it all got started it got started just because i was pissed off really
1: a lot of things start off from, you know, um, from, from, from that sort of emotion. And and then, um, yeah, you, you want to fight everything, you know, and, 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 and make, make a point, you know, make, make a point um, with actions. Yep. Okay. right. So, um, when did the, when, ha, what about the, let's fast forward a few years after, um, you'd gone full time with, with Cosmos Q and, um, When did things start getting serious? When did you hire? When did you say, hey, you know, I need help. Uh, I need to make my first hire.
0: Um, So at the time, my very first hire was uh, a friend of mine's, uh, his kid. And I, at the time, I was working two jobs. Um, I would uh, work all day, usually 10 hours a day. And then I would come home and package orders for Cosmos at night and then you know then my wife would help me and it started in our linen closet honestly like it was just in our hallway in a closet and i would pack orders out of there and then it grew to where i had it in my garage and then i had to build the shop and then next thing you know we started we got on amazon and i was like i'm gonna need some help so i hired um uh, one of my good friend's sons and he would come over after school And I showed him how to ship orders and all that. And uh, that's when I was like, okay, well, this is, this is kind of working. And then, then I had to hire another kid and then I had to hire another kid. And then we looked up one day and we was like, oh my gosh, you know, we're in 2000 square feet and it's stacked to the ceiling. We need to get a warehouse. So we found a warehouse um, and then we then it, then it started getting real serious. So by this time, I had already uh, quit my job and I was working full time at Cosmos. Um, we got into this warehouse, and within uh, I think we had about three thousand square feet of warehouse space. Um, mm-hmm. And then we had to rent another two thousand square feet behind us, so we're in about five thousand square feet and then quickly, very quickly, we go, this isn't going to work. So we had to rent a 12,000 square foot facility. And yeah.
1: Interesting. What's your setup now like um, from a warehouse standpoint?
0: So from the from a warehouse standpoint, we're still in 12,000 square feet. Um, the thing hmm. that we did that really helped us is, is we started – we we are very big on data here. Um, And uh, I've heard this said, you know, trust in God, all else bring data, you know? So we are very big in data. So we started getting really serious about our inventory and how we could control our inventory and our logistics to better suit our need. And actually since we've been in this, we've actually doubled again in size and we're still operating out of the same warehouse, but we're running just-in-time inventory. And we are also using our manufacturing facilities as uh, direct shipping points, rather than bringing the products here and shipping them out, we will just uh, place specific orders at the facility and ship directly from there, which has allowed us the convenience of being able to grow and still retain the same square footage.
1: For, for, for agility, so from I guess you're fulfilling direct from, from the kitchen um, for DTC, and then for wholesale, you're probably just keeping in, in the warehouse, I think, right now. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yep. Okay. Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Just going back, um, two questions I have is, um, where did your first 1,000 customers come from? And and then I, I just want to just out of curiosity, um, when you were when you were in the smaller warehouses, were you using your your, your home kitchen, or did you then sort of rent um, a facility out to 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 actually produce um, you yep. know, um, the robs and the injections?
0: Yep. So my first one thousand customers came from uh, a combination of my Facebook page. And the competitions that I would go and cook at, you know, every weekend or two or three times a month, um, that's where they came from. I didn't have any, mm. there was no such thing as, I, I don't even think uh, you, you, there was no online ads at the time that I was aware of as far as Google or Facebook. Uh, none of that YouTube wasn't even around when we got started. So, so we kind of bootstrapped everything through our uh, personal website or our, through our personal Facebook page. Um, as far as, what was the second question again?
1: The second question was like at the start, um, before you, you went into the bigger facilities, um, whether you used your home kitchen or you used, you know, a commercial okay. yeah. kitchen to, to put together the recipe.
0: No. So since day one, we have used uh, commercial uh, co-packers and okay. I don't know why. um honestly, other than the fact, I just, I remember telling myself this. I remember asking this of our very first co-packer. I said, if I need to order one truckload of one product, can you guys produce that? And they said, yes. And I said, okay. And I always, I I would love to say that I had the vision of, okay, you know, we was going to, we was going to, Double year over year, make the ink 500. And we was going to do all this because so I needed to know that information, but that wasn't it at all. I actually don't even know why I asked that question. I just have a, if my customers need something, I need to know that you are set up and geared in such a way that you can produce a quantity on demand.
1: Which makes absolute sense. Makes absolute sense. So, my takeaway from, from the answer of your first question really is that um, you'd built a personality on, um, on Facebook and obviously offline from the competition. So you're quite an authority, essentially, you know, um, in, in both spaces, both, you know, with, with the Facebook page and um, with the competitions you were winning and participating in. And, and that sort of built community essentially around you, you created content, you, you stated your opinion and you happen to have something to sell, you know, which was the barbecue sauce and, um, the, the barbecue robs and the injections we're using in, in the competitions. And, and that sort of, you know, built out that, um, first 1000, um, you know, um, customer base. I think.
0: Absolutely. That That, that is absolutely correct. Although I, I I wish I could say I had it all planned out, (laughs) but (laughs) I I, I think we were, we was doing that before, uh, you know, before it was a thing to, you know, grind day and night and become the authority mm. and get people to like, know, and trust you. Mm.
1: Mm. Super, super interesting. Okay. So, um, how has the business matured? Over time, so I'm um, comparing the business in, say 2010 to 2020. Do you want to sort of give a oh, <laughs> a before and after or a comparison? Because it's you know a, de- a spread, a decade spread. You know you you were five years, you were about five six years old in 2010, and, and now in 2020, you know with COVID striking, how how please shed some light on, on those dynamics.
0: Oh, that's a great question, Kunle. Like. Um, (laughs) man, it was, uh, uh, in the beginning, it was, we did our best to get all of our work done before noon. So we could go screw off. Um, and we just wanted to have fun, you know, everybody, you know, we need to understand that, you know, we're we're here, we're here to provide our customers with the best injections, rubs and sauces on the market. And we need to do everything for them, but we need to do it as uh um, efficiently as possible so we can go have fun uh back then i had uh I went from one to three part time employees and now i oh man, I'm gonna get in trouble for this. I think we have twenty six uh team members. Um, Mm -hmm. some part-time, some full-time, some, uh, contract, some not contract or or some are full-time. Uh, golly, we have an employee handbook. We have an HR department. We have a CFO. We have a director of operations. We have, um, obviously a founder, president, and CEO. We have, we have an org chart. We have, um, we have. Daily huddles with the entire company. We have daily mm-hmm. departmental humping huddles with uh, the departments. Mm-hmm. It's. I, I looked up the other day. I just said this the other day. I said, I said when I quit my job, I never wanted to work for another corporation again. And if I could go back and change it, I would say. When I quit my job, I never want to work for a corporation again that doesn't do it the way I think a corporation should do it.
2: Hmm.
0: Because now that's what we're doing.
2: Hmm. Hmm.
1: And 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 is, is your staff global? Are they all based in Oklahoma? Um, how how does that? How do how do you? What does your team sort of spread look like geographically?
0: So, so we have. Um, we have uh, um, people here in Oklahoma, and we also mm-hmm. have uh, uh, a remote team as well.
1: Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Great. Right. Um, let's talk about customer centricity um, at, uh, at, at Cosmos Q. Um, is, would you say your customers are front and center in, in everything you do and why? And how
0: I I, I, absolutely they have to be because if you're doing it about you and this is, this is just my belief. If it's all about you, you can only run that game for so long before people start finding out when you make it all about them. And I believe that I was put on this earth to serve others. And that's what I believe in my heart of hearts. And I'm here to serve our customers. Um, to give them the best products with the best price, with the fastest shipping, with the best customer support. Um, That's what I believe. 100% it, it is like it's our customer support team. They know they have the responsibility and the authority to do whatever it takes to make that customer happy. They don't have to run it up the pole. They don't have to come talk to me. They don't have to talk to their supervisor. They don't have to do any of that. If, if mm. this customer, you know, spent $70 and it was absolutely destroyed, I say give him, give him the order for free and then give him a gift certificate, you know, for $50. If that makes him happy, that's awesome. Uh, if that doesn't make him happy, if that doesn't make them happy, find out, ask them, what can I do? to make this right by you. And whatever they say, you go above and beyond.
1: Super interesting. Super interesting. Um how do you collect like customer data? What what, what systems have you put in place to, to actually watch and learn from customers?
0: Um, um we have a we have a couple different ways we uh collect data. Obviously the email list. Um I think that is uh the you know one of the most powerful things you can do if you don't have an if you don't have an email list that should be the the first thing you do uh, tomorrow morning is get that up and running um, mm-hmm. but then we also so it's kind of I need to actually put this in a like a I need to visualize this so people can see what it is in my head. It's like the email list is in the middle, but you have things feeding like streams feeding the email list um so whether that's uh, facebook instagram tiktok uh youtube um and that those are things that just that give to the customers and that's what we want to do on all of our social channels we want to just just give them information give them education give them knowledge give them um give them the the okay to go ahead and start cooking because for a, a lot of people that is really scary I know it was for myself. Um, I wish I had the information that we now give away for free every single day because um, it would have probably saved me. I probably could have ate that first meal. <laughs> but <laughs> so we use email. And then obviously uh, we use our website. We use our um, all of our social media platforms. So we want to really see the customer journey um, and how – they interact with us so we can visualize the things we are good at, but the things we're not good at. And mm. I, I've always heard that people quit buying from you for one of two reasons you quit selling to them or you piss them off. Mm. And, yeah. you know, I believe that. Um, I think customers can also quit buying from you because you know you quit you quit caring as much um which could lead them into they got a better deal by somebody else or you pissed them off um so we really try to understand the customer journey and see where we can uh put ourselves into the gap to best fulfill the need they have at that present time
1: mm. So do you speak with customers is your customer service um, yes. you know reachable by phone and um, yes yeah okay yep okay okay
0: we do we we speak with them daily uh, obviously uh, we send them update emails tracking emails where their orders at emails surveys mm-hmm. we ask them you know mm-hmm. ask them questions and honestly we ask them if we can just call them sometimes you know mm-hmm. hey can we just call you and just you know just get some feedback you tell us
1: let's take this quick break to hear from our sponsors the subscription market is predicted to grow to nearly 500 billion by 2025 as a fast-growing area in commerce subscriptions hold tremendous opportunities to build a community of customers who share your values Recharge is the leading subscription management solution, helping e-commerce merchants of all sizes launch and scale subscription offerings. Recharge powers the growth of over 15,000 subscription merchants and their communities, turning one-time transactions into long-term customer relationships. Whether you're a direct-to-consumer business or an omni-channel brand, subscriptions strengthen the brand relationships with your customers and make it easy for customers to make repeat purchases. With subscriptions, merchants are able to experience predictable revenue, increased customer loyalty, and higher average order values. Turn transactions into relationships and experience seamless subscription commerce with Recharge. Get started today with subscription payment solution trusted by over 50 million subscribers worldwide by heading over to Recharge payments.com forward slash 2x. That is recharge payments.com forward slash 2x. gorgeous.com that's g-o-r-g-i-a-s.com and mention 2x e-commerce podcast for two months free that is gorgeous.com for two months free just mention 2x e-commerce have any of your recipes been crowdsourced by um by by customers so um have customers have a have customers had a direct um have they had direct input into um some of the you know product releases
0: you've you've you've, you've done or you've been involved in um when you say crowdsource you mean funded or
1: oh no I, I mean um just wisdom of the crowd um where customers okay. are you no. know, asking for a particular you know flavor for rob or you know an injection and um you listen yeah. and
0: then Absolutely. Yes, they have. And it's so funny um, sometimes when we have one that's not performing very well and we pull it off the market and everybody's like, ah, what are you doing? You got to bring that back. So, you know, then we talk about ways we can bring it back. Um, but yes, yes. Some of them have, um, we also have a private, uh, community, um, which is our, uh, it's our private Facebook group that, that um, you pay to get into and it's just a, a one-time okay. lifetime fee. Once you pay to get in, you're in for life. Uh, we will okay. also send them the products. They they get first dibs to all, everything. Okay, and, um, that's interesting. And very. we really value their feedback because they participate with us and they, they mm. will tell you, hey man, this isn't that good or this is mm. exceptional. But I think if you... You know, did this, I think it, you know, may do better. So,
1: hmm. so it's a, it's a paid member focus group essentially.
0: Um, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, no, no, wow. I never thought about wow. it that way, but yeah, you're right. Wow. Well, uh, and
1: so, so what's, what's the fees? What's a, what's a one time fee and how many members do you have?
0: Um, I think last we looked, we was about six hundred members, and it's a two hundred ninety-seven dollar fee. Okay. Uh Um, but I will tell you, it is going up. Um, okay. this next round, and okay. what and the 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 thing I love about it is it's a it's a safe place, so mm. there is no dumb question. Um, a lot of these barbecue forums and a lot of these uh barbecue sites it it just seems like the second you know if somebody is new they ask a question ever all the the the, you know the well they're not i I don't call them experts because they're not experts but all the novices you know with you know who've had a bad day can jump on them and crack on them and beat on them a little bit and we don't allow any of that i mean none if somebody Mm -hmm. asks a question we give them we give them Honest feedback in a loving, respectful manner, and if anyone is uh, ever caught doing that, we remove them from the club.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think content is like from from what I've seen. I've done some very very light diligence on on, on you guys, and content seems to be like very important. Is a very very important pillar in in your in the experience you deliver, um, particularly pre-purchase mm-hmm. or, you know, just engagement through engagement, I mean, you invest a lot in very high quality videos. Um, your YouTube channel is over 300,000 subscribers you have a sizable Facebook page. Same thing with Instagram in the hundreds of thousand. Um, I know we don't want to sort of have a favorite channel, but, but ha- what, what do you think has been your <laughs> fundamentally, <laughs> most, um, most effective, what, what channel do you think is, is that foundation, um, for, for, for bringing attention, um, at, at a very cheap rate? Cause you, you did talk about something where like you, you said email is that core and, and then, um, you know, all of the channels, whether it's Instagram, whether it's TikTok, whether it's YouTube, we're also feeding into, that into the, you know, harvesting or, or the, the build of that email list. So, so which, which platform do you think is fundamental? It, it looks from, from all, it looks like video is, is like the primary, you know, media type, mm-hmm. but, but what channel is, is, is fundamental,
0: you know, um, to, to I would say f- for us is YouTube. Hmm. The YouTube so content, you
1: YouTube first
0: Brend, I I, I guess it could be said that way because we do get found a lot on YouTube. We do get found Mm. a lot, Um, but it's it it was never made as a collection device. It was always generated for knowledge and education for free.
1: Mm. Makes sense. Makes sense. So so you're really being helpful out there, and um, yep, um, people want to find out more essentially yeah super super interesting okay um let's go down a little bit into um I, I i always like to talk about um like habitual purchases you know um in terms of like repeat customers you're you're in the you know food business um you're what 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 is retention like um do, do you have do you offer like um subscription services or um do people just come and buy um, do, do you want to have shed a bit more light or is it seasonal, you know, when the weather is good? I, I know in America, not, you know, like Texas, the weather is good all year long. Yeah. So um, more southern states. So, so how do you do, how do you get people to be habitual, you know, um, purchases besides just making the products fantastic, you know, fantastically right. good?
0: No, no, that's a great question. Um, we try to meet them where they're at. Uh, we try to meet them where they're at. Um, The one thing that we do know about our customers is um, for every one that comes in the door, 36% are repeat buyers in four months or less. Um, Of those 36%, 55% roughly buy again within the next two months. And of those 55%, it's like 83% return again before the one-year mark. Okay. So okay. I I was telling somebody those numbers the other day and they're like, Well, you know, that those are phenomenal. I'm like, uh, eh, not really. Like I I I want hundred percent of everybody that bought once to buy again. I'll settle for eighty, you know. <laughs> so we need to work on that. <laughs> yeah. um, I was gonna say for us for us it's about it's it's we don't wanna be the um we've all signed up for the emails and all of a sudden it's just like, you're just getting, you know, you feel like you got a used car salesman on you, you know, Hey, you want to buy, 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 you want to buy. And It's just over and over again. And finally you go, no, if I wanted to buy, I would have bought. Um, we try not to be that person, but we also want to be the person that, you know, maybe you bought a rub. Maybe you have no idea that we have sauces or wing dust, or wing sauces, or barbecue glazes. So we try to, you know, just say, "Hey, you know, we, you know, have you thought about, or did you know, or here's a video, you know, something like that to to make sure that we're doing everything we can to properly put our free tools in front of you on your barbecue journey." Hmm.
1: Hmm. Powerful. Powerful. Um, what I was going to say is. That, um, you, you know, I've we're working with a brand now whereby their um the repeat customer rate is or repeat purchase rate over a um four month period is about 35 percent, mm. however, they account for 70 percent of revenue, so it's it's not always too bad when um, if you do the math but obviously when you you know cover more ground I, I guess you you get a yeah. percentage in terms of you know share of revenue but phenomenal numbers nonetheless very very phenomenal numbers I'm very very much impressed and I, I love the fact that um, you, you have the metrics to hand which which is which is fantastic right my my next question has to do um, with um, experimentation um, like within your organization um and department um you you know i think you talked about hurdles um and and i really Mm -hmm. want you to just share a bit shed some light on on hurdles and how you um how you view failure you know um in you know let's say barbecue sauce doesn't really look good, or you you know with department selected the wrong fulfillment partners. how do you f- fulfill how do you view value organi- within departments within your organization um, and um, what is your take on experimentation on on just um it's being iterative essentially
0: yeah this is this is an easy one for me. Anybody that knows me knows I want to fail fast and I want to fail often failure i, hmm. I, I, I I'm, I'm going to stop just short of saying I love it. But I kind of really do because that's data. That's data. If if anything you're doing is you're you're checking the list off on what not to do, which is gonna, you know, just by default push you to what you need to be doing. So I absolutely love failure. I love testing, I love split testing, I love I, I I'm a fanboy for all of it. Uh failure. <laughs> It, it, that is a great question kunai and i tell you like it this strikes me to the core of who i am as a person i remember as a kid you know it, it, i was told sit down shut up be quiet don't do that you can't go there you, you you can't you can't you can't don't do don't and i thought why why wouldn't you want to know you know why wouldn't you want to know and it's just it it, I tell you, you know, it. I, I I found out later in life that I'm built different than a lot of people. Um, speed and agility is is absolutely my strengths. Um, my weaknesses are sometimes I operate too fast <laughs> with too much agility, but I also know that, um, and I try hmm. to surround people with me that can help offset that, and I can build on their strengths, and they can build on mine, and we can go together. But I, I absolutely, absolutely think failure is is key to growth.
1: Is, is that a selection criteria you have when um, you're, you're you're recruiting or hiring senior members of of, of
0: your team? I think for me, um, when we re- what I look for in a, a team lead is somebody that is feedback driven somebody that's unafraid to fail and somebody that is that understands details um the details the details man you got like i man i do some of the weirdest stuff like I'll walk through the warehouse and if there's one piece of stick laying on the ground, like one piece of pallet, and I go, how many people walk by that, you know, without picking Uh it up? Yep. 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 And and, and I look for things like that and I go, you know, and then I'll see somebody pick it up and I'll go, that's paying attention to the details. The customers don't care about stuff like that. But when you pick that little piece of pallet up off the floor I know mm-hmm. that when you're handling somebody's order and pick packing and shipping it that the details matter to you and you're gonna make be make you're gonna make sure it's packed correctly you're gonna make sure that um it's shipped correctly, and anything that goes on the details matter it's actually one of our uh um core values you know mm-hmm. we pay attention to details because details matter
1: yeah yeah absolutely i I resonate with you oh. Um the other question i wanted to, to to ask was around how you approach channels you know um and, and there are two sort of layers or two ways of, of looking at channels one's sales channels you know where the sales actually come the ding dings
0: mm-hmm.
1: um through the website marketplaces you know whether it's big wholesale orders and also channels. I think we've already addressed it, the second, um, you know, classification channels, which are just you know marketing channels, channels in which you use to to reach to, to new audiences, to audiences, essentially, and communicate. But going into like your 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 sales channels, you know, um, in terms of your set, I, I did mention you're an omni-channel brand. How important mm-hmm. has it been to the maturity of, of Cosmos Q in 2022?
0: um it's been very important um i believe in omnipresence so if you see us on facebook i want you to see us on instagram tiktok twitter uh snapchat youtube all of the channels i want to be all we have the content that obviously there's chat uh uh, platform specific audiences so send it send it all out um the same thing um with our retail partners, I believe in a method I like to call um, my upstream-downstream method. Meaning, it's easy—it's easy to get on a boat and do nothing and go downstream. I can talk to everybody. So those are my downstream. Are like my friends, family, uh, people around me, the, the people that I get to just relax and talk to. Um, then I got. Right. Uh, my side stream, those are the little creeks that go up. Those are my mom and pop uh, hardware stores, barbecue shops. Those are the people that it takes a little bit more effort to get into them. But once you get in them, you know, it's it's usually smooth water. You can have a conversation and it, it's just very natural. Um, the hardest one, the one I always, this is, this is what I believe that you should wait to crack last is your upstream. Anybody that's ever tried to row anything upstream knows it is extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. But you don't grow from safety. You only grow when you step outside of your comfort zone and do something that's that's tough and hard and makes you work. And those upstream ones are our large retailers, um, locations that ha- that may have you know 20 30 50 100 200 locations they're harder to get into they're harder to get in front of the right person they're harder to to try to sell them on they try to beat you down on price it's just extremely difficult but the amount of product that they can turn in one day versus me selling you know at a you know at a barbecue competition the numbers aren't the same and that's why it takes more work to get into those. Um, hmm. that's kind of my method. You know, I don't know if it's, uh, um, I don't, I don't know if it's right, but you know, it works.
1: <laughs> no, it's, it, it's very logical. It makes, makes a lot of sense. So upstream, who, who where, where can you get Cosmos, Cosmo Q products off, upstream now, um, from, from um, the bigger retailers?
0: Um, so there, there's Amazon, uh, Ace Hardware, Walmart, soon to be uh, Lowe's, True Value. Mm-hmm. Jeez, there's a there, there's a couple more. The, uh, the, all, Buc- all the major Buc-ies. ones, okay. Yeah, Buc-ies, I don't okay. know if you ever been to uh, a okay. Bucky's.
1: No, but I have been to Walmart. <laughs> <All> right. Um, <laughs> question um, is: Are you measuring any sort of conversions from? Other channels to d where you know people are trialing, you know um, Cosmos Q rubs or injections or you know um, or powders in these side stream or upstream channels, and saying, you know what, I could see the website here. Um, it's it's just um, you know CosmosQ.com, and then they come to your website to to, to, to build that direct one to one relationship.
0: So we do measure our conversion rate Um, on our Mm -hmm. website. We also measure it on (coughs) um, Amazon and um, uh, some of the other platforms that allow us the view through to see that information. Um, Mm -hmm. The one thing we're finding it, it difficult to see is when does a customer turn from a direct consumer from when do they convert from your website to a storefront we Mm. don't know that data we don't know when they make that jump all we can do is assume that they make the jump by looking at the sales in both so we put new incoming customers into our website and then once they like know and trust us then they may find us at their local walmart ace you know whatever so um they're both growing i I wish there's a way that we could uh um gather that information i just don't know yeah. that it's possible it's, right now
1: yeah you, you might you might want to try post purchase um surveys um so in the DTC, you know um you could ask a few questions there's a really nice app called inquire labs you you're, you're on shopify right shopify plus so with Enquirer mm-hmm. Labs, um, you're able to. Uh, we actually ha- um, interviewed the, the founder of Enquirer Labs on, on the show. You're able to sort of ask questions immediately they make that purchase. You could say you could you could ask just first time customers, you could ask repeat customers, you could ask, ask both cohorts, and and those questions could be like you know have you ever bought us in retail? You know and, and where, where where did you mm. first find out about you know about our brand? And and the opt-in rates are like forty percent, so statistically significant most of the time. So it might be worth um, you know trying that out. Enquire okay. Labs, got it. Enquire Labs, yeah, yeah. Um, very good app. Finally, I, I want to talk about um your. What should we talk about? Um, operations. You know, the team. Um, you know, from a supply chain. How, how you know? Um, from a supply chain standpoint. Um, how you you use contract um you know manufacturers i like guess um to, mm-hmm. to 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 put you know to to scale uh, and then you're also shipping direct um for individual orders um mm-hmm. how's how's it evolving from an r and d standpoint how are you making iterative you know changes to 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 your offering um
0: that is <laughs> that is awesome i actually we this is probably one of my biggest uh, um failures in the business I never really thought we would get to a point that we would have to look at the data in that sector so well so we jumped into that game late Um, since then we have uh, implemented a WMS into our warehouse um, which we are getting up and it's actually up and running but we don't have the the see-through on the data the way that I want to see it yet Um, We should have that in the next two to three weeks. Um, But the one thing we do do well with our co-packers is um, just in time manufacturing. So we set up where they, we give them our cell numbers and, and I told them flat out, Hey, I don't want to, I don't want to have to send you POs. Um, Would you rather write them? And they were like, "You, you mean you let us write our own PO? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Just don't let us run out of product. Don't overproduce, and always keep a back stock in your warehouse so if, if we need it in a hurry, we can pull it in an emergency. And um, mm. so far, three—well, three of them have agreed to it. One of them's not so good at it. Uh, two of them are phenomenal at it, and mm. it's—it's just—it's just. It just it's, you know the data? Let the data pass through is what I was like. Like we don't if if we're gonna gather this information, let's give it to them. You know, mm. let's let them know where we are, so they can you know. Heck, I wish somebody would let me write checks for them. I'd write checks for you. You know. <laughs>
1: um, I've got a bit of good news for you. Um, I can get Cosmos Cube in the UK. Um, you're yes, on Amazon you can. UK. Yes, I can. Yeah. i actually just search for it, and um, there, there you guys are. We're on Amazon UK, which is, and you're you're also on a, you're in a UK website called BlackBoxBarbecue.co.uk. Um, so uh-huh. quite extensive stuff. Quite extensive stuff. I have to say, you know, here in terms of what you guys are, you know, are doing. Um. The final question I have is, you know, we're in 2022 now. Um, We're definitely in a recession, even though, you know, um, we need to, we need a few more weeks to confirm, you know, two straight um, quarters of negative growth uh, um, are recessions, essentially. Um, You know, with the consumer brand and food and beverages, um, I think you guys are in a kind of like a good place, you know, Um, but what's your take on inflation? Um, at this point in time um, and what's your outlook over the next 12 to 18 months? What advice would you give to to listeners? Um, My personal,
0: um, I'm not an expert in the field of uh, financial stuff. But then again, I'll be honest with you. I don't trust anybody who is. I'm very old school. If you can't explain it with a crayon, then it's probably way too complicated and nobody's going to understand you. I think the next 12 to 24 months is going to be rough. It's gonna, I think it's going to be real rough on some people. Um, for me personally, the advice that I always take and the advice that I give to my, uh, anybody in and around me that, asks for, that uh, asks for the advice is be mindful of your money. If you don't tell your money where to go, it will tell you where it's gone. Um, I believe in spending money with uh, brands and companies that align with my values. uh, And I also believe in living under your means. Um, I don't know if I'm just wired this way or... There is too many people out there going broke, trying to look rich. And I think that there's been so much cash put on the street that, you know, eventually it it will, you know, it's kind of like cream. It always rises to the top. The people that are really good at getting money are really good at getting money. And the people that are really good at spending money will be really good at losing money. Um, unfortunately, Mm. I think we're, I think we are in a good spot. Um, not because we're the cheapest, um, because we're not, but we are the best. And when you want to, you know, when you want to make that steak, uh, for your, for your wife on a Friday night, but you know, damn good and well, you can't go out and spend a hundred dollars on on a meal and you're going to make it at home. um, I think that's where we intercept well, because with a, uh, you know, one or two of our seasonings, you'll be able to make steak for from now till six months from now. And it's going to be the best steak you ever had in your life. And if don't worry, if you don't know how to make it, we have recipes, we have videos and we have how to's on how to show you how to make the perfect steak and in 2015 i won the world steak championship uh and the one thing that it has taught me and i have actually produced that video twice uh two or three times a backyard version and two competition versions on youtube is that once you make that steak i'm gonna run you from eating out again
1: Super, super, super interesting. It's, it's kind of like how I discovered um, like this clean coffee. Um, so I take coffee with collagen in the morning, and um, since I've started, I hardly ever go to coffee shops um in the morning. And I was just like a sucker for co- for coffee shops. I just used to go, and and I think it also circles back to and a very important point you're making in the sense that um, with the with with the economy going where it is, you know, people would inclined to eat less and you know make their own food and so it's an incredible incredibly um you know um important time for you know brands like yours um whereby you're you're bringing the you know pretty much um gourmet style you know um you know tasting taste to the home without having to to go out to, to eat out
0: yep no you're absolutely right And it's not going to break the bank. Like it's not going to, yeah. it's not going to set you back like a, a night, you know, with you and the missus out at a, at a, at a, even just an average, you know, restaurant. I mean, you're looking at, yep. what is it now? 70, 80, hundred dollars, you know, uh, more, more. how many, how many, how, how many steaks could you buy? And, you know, yep. and, and make a nice mixed salad with a, with a nice, you know, uh, uh, Baked potato. It just it just makes sense. And even to go back further into uh, what I said at the very beginning, fire brings people mm. together. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah 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 there's a fire chat fire fireside chat here <laughs> without the fire yeah All right. um we we'll go on and on and on and on i mean this is definitely an hour long thus far um i want to sort of wrap this up with our evergreen rapid lightning round like Light, we call it lightning round sometimes i call it a rapid fire you know round it's a lightning round where I ask you about five questions and if you could use a single sentence to answer each of the questions, you know it will be a okay okay
0: let's do it, okay.
1: Uh, Let's do it. Are you a morning person? Yes. Okay. Do you have a more, what is your morning routine like?
0: My morning routine is I get up at 5 a.m. I go to the gym, work out, uh, do my uh, quiet time and meditation and go to work. All right. What two things can't you live without? Ooh, Cold beer and barbecue.
1: I'm going to get a after this. All right. And barbecue, up. good stuff. Okay. um, What book are you currently reading or listening to? I got it
0: right here, actually. Uh, profit First.
1: Profit First. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, final question is, what's been your best mistake to date? By that time, I mean a setback that's given you the biggest feedback.
0: Biggest mis- the biggest best mistake.
1: Your your best mistake to date that has given you the best feedback, the biggest feedback.
0: Oh golly. I think I, I have to go back to what my dad my dad has always told me this. If you don't want to listen, life will teach you everything you need to know.
1: Super, super interesting. Super, 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 interesting. Cosmos, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the 2X eCommerce podcast show. Um, for those who want to find out more about Cosmos Q, it's Cosmos, that's K-O-S-M-O-S-Q.com. Um, and um, are you active in any, so- well, you are active. You've got, you're active, you're quite active on all social media. So search for Cosmos um, and you will find Cosmos himself, you know, on the YouTube channel. Cosmos, thank you so, so, so much.
0: You bet, Kunai. Thank you for having me, my friend.
2: Cheers, cheers, cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X e-commerce. We encourage you to connect with our community of 2X e-commerce listeners on our Facebook group, E-commerce Growth Accelerator Mastermind. Just search for 2X e-commerce on Facebook to find it. Answer three questions and you'll be approved. Grab the show notes of this episode on our website, 2xecommerce.com. Finally, if you haven't already, give the show a review on your podcasting app. Catch you on the next show and keep growing.